This is the Weather Lounge here at Weatherworks. Hi there, everyone, and welcome back to the Weather Lounge. I'm your host, meteorologist Brad Miller, and our podcast comes to you from our Weatherworks headquarters in Hackettstown, New Jersey. And joining me today, as always, is my fellow meteorologist and co-host, Mike Mahalik. Hello there, Mike. Hey, Brad. Here again for another we're, fun We're podcast. breaking away from the shackles of winter, finally. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. Man, the, the winter uh, doldrums uh, are, are really tough sometimes to uh, keep pushing on. But hey, you know, it, it's, it's finally spring. And hey, we want to talk a little bit about some baseball here today. Yeah, yeah. so we, we talked about weather and sports in a previous podcast episode. And uh, while we'll be kind of revisiting some of those same topics today, we're going to shift gears a little bit and dive into another aspect of the sporting world. Very popular, of course, fantasy sports and fantasy yeah, football, absolutely. fantasy baseball. I mean, it's 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 been uh, it's been going around now for a long time, and uh, it's about time. You know, we'll we'll talk about how weather kind of influences that. Yeah, I think weather does play an important part. Um, you know, with fantasy sports and and even how coaches might uh, be planning the game and their strategy that day. Um, and you know, I think the way that that interacts could have a lot of implications on what you want to do in your fantasy league too. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm just your normal person <laughs> that does fantasy football, some fantasy baseball, but you know, there's a couple of my friends though. I mean, they're in some really big leagues, like big money leagues and they, they really take the time to, you know, prep for the upcoming season, whether it's again, football or baseball or what have you. But, um, and, and yeah, I'm sure weather, especially with baseball, because it's a day-to-day thing, obviously, you know, football is once a week and these guys are out there playing, but baseball is different because you're playing outside 162 days. There are domes and stuff, but you know, it's, it's, uh, I, yeah, I think it impacts the, the, the baseball world a lot more than, uh, you know, anything else, but, um, you know what, uh, who better to talk about this topic than with, uh, someone who knows all about fantasy sports. His name is Ryan Ripken and, uh, he'll be joining us, uh, right after the break. So don't go away. Hey everybody. Well, how many times have you been burned by a weather forecast? Well, probably a few, and it might've cost your business thousands. WeatherWorks is different. We have over 30 meteorologists to give you forecasts, notifications, and weather advice 24-7. Now, that could certainly help when it comes down to making those crucial decisions, but there are even more products than that in which WeatherWorks offers, from weather data to historical reports. Call us at 908-850-8600 or visit us on the web at weatherworksinc.com. And oh, don't forget, when you think weather, think WeatherWorks. And we're back. Before the break, we just mentioned how we have a special guest today and to talk about fantasy sports and how weather relates to fantasy sports. His name is Ryan Ripken. He's a former minor league baseball player um, with the Baltimore Orioles organization. And he also has a host, is a host of a brand new podcast called Off Script with Rip. So Ryan, thanks so much for being here on the Weather Lounge. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad we could, uh, you know, get this all sorted out. I know we were just talking before. It's been a hectic week so far. Baseball just <laughs> starting an opening day, but but really glad to be able to sit down with you guys for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm happy to have you on too. And uh, but I think we should start things off a little bit about let's let's talk about your background, uh, Ryan. Let's talk about you know what got you into baseball and. And all of that, because, uh, I mean, what makes you that expert, I guess uh, we should say, with the fantasy sports world? 
Well, first and foremost, you know, I always grew up loving sports in general and specifically with baseball. You know, I, I grew up around with a baseball family and it was constantly around the game and playing and, and that's kind of where it started. It was just being able to pick up a ball, you know, swing a bat. And I just fell in love with the sport for that. But I played uh, all types of sports growing up, basketball, soccer, football, baseball, though, I got the opportunity to then or opportunities to play at higher levels. And then eventually it led to a professional opportunity and I actually started my career with the Washington Nationals. And the majority of of my time was with the Baltimore Orioles. That's where I finished my career in 2021. Um, so I played, I guess, a total seven to, or eight years professionally, finishing right below, making it to the major leagues, the big leagues. So disappointed to not reach that, but but still, um, you know, very proud to get to where I did. And and through all of that, through all my experiences as as a kid to a adult. Uh, you learn a lot of things about the sport as you go. Yeah, I mean, making it to that level, I, I had a neighbor where I used to live, and his son was really trying to break in. And I don't think people realize how difficult it is to go through the, you know, the, those single A ball, the double A, get up to triple A even. It, it's it's really difficult to rise to that level. So. I mean, that's a really great achievement for you. I appreciate it. I mean, this is the thing I tell people all the time. In what profession can you fail 70% of the time as a hitter <laughs> and be considered one of the best in in your world? And it's really not many other sports. Can, like if I hit 300, which was I went three for 10 as a hitter, I'm one of the best players in the world and playing every day and playing in the big leagues. And that just shows you how hard the sport is. But then on the other side, if I get to hit two every 10 at bats, I, you know, I don't have a job. You know, it's over. And I think also it's an accomplishment to play in high school. It's an accomplishment to play in college. And if you have the opportunity to play professionally, it's an accomplishment. And I can say confidently, I've seen some guys that we were, were the most talented ball players I've ever seen never make it to the majors. And it's not because they physically weren't talented. But all of that failure, mentally having to get through all the ups and downs of playing, some of those guys just couldn't get over that hurdle. But and, and other guys learned to, even if they weren't as talented, they were mentally strong and knew how to get the most and maximize the most out of their abilities. Hey, hey, Mike, do you think if we told our clients, you know, we're right three out of ten times in our forecast, that we'd be... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if that'll work the same way. Oh, come uh, on. You know, Ryan, go to bat for us. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, that that might not go over too well. Three out of ten times were correct. Yeah. But no, it, it, it is right. I mean, baseball, I mean, think about it. I mean, it, it is. But, I mean, that's a great point. You know, two out of ten, you're nobody. Three out of ten, you're Hall of Famer maybe. It's just like it's crazy when you think about it like that. It, it, it's bizarre. I really, it's like you try to remind yourself of that every time, you know, playing. I'm like, man, this game's hard, but you get so frustrated. And, and it, yeah, it's just, it's about failures. But I will say, you know, that that's where you're able to kind of see the ins and outs. And that, personally, I will say, I don't like failure. I actually, on my own podcast, has talked about you never have to like failure, but it's the best learning tool, you know. But, you know, I talked about how it's, I, uh, I tell you what, I really didn't like striking out six out of seven at bats that didn't feel good and i felt <laughs> no. like the world was falling down but 
the failure forced me to adjust. And that's a lot of things that I can take now into the rest of my life of just constantly dealing with failure. Cause let's just face it, you know, we're going to be wrong. We're going to make the wrong decisions and, and uh, we're not going to do it right. But the thing is, how can you bounce back? And, I, and I'm sure even in your field, if you, if you make some mi miscorrection or a, or miss a misstatement, the next time you're going to think about why you did that and make sure that that doesn't happen again, but we're human. We're human. Yeah, absolutely. It happens all the time in the weather field. I mean, if, if we didn't look back on our failures, yeah, I don't know how a forecaster and a meteorologist gets any better because you have to look at those situations where the forecast didn't go correctly and find out, okay, well, where did I go wrong in my analysis? What did I miss? What should I have been paying more attention to in this situation? And eventually you develop um, almost a library of events in your head. So you understand that, okay, I've seen this type of thing before. So I kind of know how this is going to work out. And then that gives you that experience. So the next time you see it, you can forecast it uh, better and forecast it you know, more accurately. Yeah. And not to mention, uh, you know, even in, in certain situations, Ryan, you know, when there's a weather event coming up or at least a high impact event, whether it's summer or winter, we use what's called analogs. And we have actually, um, um, there's guidance and there's models that can look at what is probably going to happen in the next 24 hours and kind of compare that to when it looked like this two years ago or three years ago or 10 years ago and kind of get an idea of what happened with that last system that kind of looked like this. So I guess same thing with baseball. I mean, you know, you gotta, you learn off your mistakes and you learn off, you know, your past uh, circumstances even. Right. It's, it's all about the adjustments and can you make the adjustments to make sure that you can correct the problem and, and you're gonna, you know, sometimes it might take a couple times, but that's the goal. It's the same thing with, with sports and specifically with baseball. It's if something's going wrong, how do I make it right? And especially the why, why the guys in the major leagues have success because that their adjustment levels are so high and they're, they're quick to adjust because the game and all these scouting reports and, you know, all the notes are out on players, you know, and so you constantly as a player have to continue to evolve and adjust or let's just face it, you know, they're, they're going to figure you out and your career could come to an end. So it's, it's all part of it, but it's, it's a good life lesson. And, and, and like in a real time uh, situation, tell us about like, like the first time through a batting order, second time through a batting order, how do pitchers adjust? How do batters adjust? Do they, I, you know, you, of course, players are in a dugout talking to each other, you know, the pitcher's doing this or, you know, watch his curveball when he does this. Or, I mean, is that, I mean, how much does that help? Cause they always say by the third time through a lineup, it gets even tougher for a pitcher. Oh, yeah. I mean, because you're getting more used to that pitcher in that specific game, you know, and because and each as we know, you know, you want to be on every single time. But even pitchers, they might at one day have every one of their pitches, their fastball, their curveball, their slider, everything's working and they have great command. The next time you face them, they might have a better feel for their curveball, but they don't have a great feel for their slider or fastball. So you can have all the scouting reports, but that's why when you're watching the first time through the order, you're saying, okay, well, how how is he attacking hitters? How does he feel? And if you have previous experience against him, you know you're 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 keeping in mind of what's happened in the past. But the more as it goes, the two things set in. It's 
you're getting more comfortable with who you're facing. And then for a pitcher, sometimes the fatigue is setting in. So the combination there for hitters, at least you're trying to pick up on his tendencies. And, and I'll, and I'll tell you this, if you're able to either get a hit your first at bat against the pitcher, or you just have a really competitive at bat, the advantage starts to switch towards the hitter. Cause I can't tell you how many times where I went into a game, maybe didn't feel great about facing this particular guy. And then maybe I fouled off a lot of pitches. I took some close calls. Maybe I got out, but the next time I'm going, man, I, you threw everything at me. I got you. And I hope I face you a third time. I hope I face you a fourth time. Um, so that, that is the challenge. And, and we're seeing more now in baseball that uh, coaches or managers are not allowing pitchers to go through a lineup three or even four times. So we're talking a lot about adjustments within the game, within the hitters, with, with the pitchers. But if we pivot to weather, because uh, that's what we know a whole lot about, what kind of adjustments do you make when it comes to weather? If it's going to be cold, if it's going to be hot, if there's going to be rain or drizzle or wind, is that something that's always factored into your you know, game plan? Oh, for sure. I mean, we're talking about opening day right now. A lot of these teams, everyone's coming from Arizona or Florida where it's usually a, a bad day there. Yeah, there might be some rain, but we're talking, what, 70 degrees, 80 degrees, it's really pleasant weather to play baseball in, but for some of these teams, you know, just opening day for, for the Baltimore Orioles, they're in Boston, the game's in the 40s. You know, in some places you're going, you're going to have some snow, you're going to have some rain, and when the temperature drops in those places, it's harder to grip the bat. And I'll tell you what, hitting the ball on the wrong part of the bat when the weather's below 50 <laughs> is brutal. I want, it, it, it is one of my least favorite feelings because if you hit it wrong, you're feeling it in your hands the rest of the game. But same thing happens. Wind's howling in. There's a there's a constant rainfall, but they're, they want to get through the game. And that even affects then on the base pass if you're having a wet field. Um, and if the wind's blowing out, how are you going to play the ball off the bat if you're an outfielder? So there's so many different variations that weather can either impact the game to to have a higher score game or or in other cases it could just be a a low scoring just trying to get through it type of game right i think anybody that's played any amount of little league understands that feeling and that sting in your hands you get a little bit too close to the middle of the bat and not on the barrel oh that stings uh like for example i only played till i was about 16 but i had fun and my goodness, yeah, when you caught it there <laughs> too close to where you're gripping, oh, man, uh, I don't care what age you are, that is not a feeling. I play a lot of golf, and that can happen even in cold days when you play golf. I mean, if you don't catch the ball right in the middle of the club face, I mean, it stings. It goes right up the club shaft. It hurts. Oh, it, it reminds you, but then again, that that's, that's the effect of weather. You know, that's why, especially – even though for other sports, the heat can be in effect as far as for players with cramping and, and fatigue itself. But most cases, the players kind of get used to that and your body's at least feeling loose. The other part of it, too, is when the weather's having all these, if it's wind chill, just flat out freezing temperatures, it's players are going to be moving a little bit slower. It takes more to get the body going. So it really is fascinating. I was glad I could come on to talk about it because... For us, it really does impact of 
you know, of what goes in. I mean, yeah, we got to go out and play. You don't want to say that it actually is going to affect your game plan, right? But if, if I remember for some games, it does mess with you as a hitter when you're out there, say it is a nice day, but the wind's howling in, you know, 20, 30 miles an hour, and you feel like any ball that you smoke to the outfield, and maybe on a normal day it's a base hit or a home run, and it turns out that the outfielder is running in to catch the ball because there's so much wind, you know, that messes with you psychologically. And um, it, it's it's fun. It's fun sometimes to talk about this now not being in the game um, <laughs> because it really is a game within a game. How do you guys get the information about like a certain day? For Is there like something in the locker room where there's a forecast and maybe an hour by hour, next four hours, here's what it's going to be like, temperature, wind? I mean, how do you know how to dress? Yeah, you know, honestly, a lot of guys are, are, are checking on their own. Are they? Okay. And, and if guys didn't check, they'll look, oh, wait a minute, why are you wearing sleeves or why are you bundled up wearing a turtleneck? And they'll be like, well, Johnny, it's 42 degrees out with a wind chill that makes it feel like it's 30. Then it's like, well, all right, I'll put my stuff on. You know, the biggest thing for us, though, weather-wise, is players mainly is if there's rain in the forecast because there's a talk of is there going to be a rain delay? You need to get ready for the game. And that, that's a whole other element, too, of, of players trying to stay ready when they get thrown out of their routine. And so that, you know, I, a lot of times we're getting ready for the game and then they go, hey, there's a, a cell popped up or we're seeing rain. We're gonna, it looks like we're being delayed. You know, then, then that's a whole other component. So the rain part is probably where the most focus is. Uh, but then when you get out onto the field is where you're really, whether it's in batting practice or warming up right before the game is when you're getting a, a, the other feel of, well, is the wind howling? Is it, how's it feel? Is it muggy? You know, et cetera, et cetera. So that brings up a good point. How do you guys stay focused if you say, play three innings of a game and then you get a delay that's going to last an hour or so uh, i'm sure you guys just don't go back to the clubhouse and <laughs> just sit around and be like oh you know whatever um is there something uh you do to stay sharp like hitting the hitting in the cage or or just throwing in the back or something like that well everyone has their own their own quirks or what works. And a lot of guys like to come in and some guys want to get their mind off of it because some, some guys are, well, if I think so much about baseball or I'm trying to get, do all these things to stay sharp, they're, they're taxing themselves a little bit too much. If that makes oh, sense. I see. It's like, you're constantly thinking about it. Some guys have to do that. Some guys are like, Oh, I'm going to take some more time and focus on some stuff in the cage. But then the, 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 the problem that can happen there is, are you taking too many swings now? Is it too many reps that are maybe tiring you out? And now you're overthinking. You know, uh, I, I, I got to a point sometimes where, depending on how I was, uh, I would come in and try to play cards or I would go lay down or, or something, not because my focus wasn't there, but I, when I get into the moment, I'm so analytical, I'm so technical with what I want to do that if I start to do that and sit there in the locker room, feel like I'm just exhausting myself for longer and, and <laughs> it's trying to learn how to reset your mind. So it's, and that's, that's the funny thing, right? There's no right answer to it either. You know, it's, it's the end of the day too, in professional baseball, it's your job to go out there and play well. So whatever you think you need to do, you have to try to maximize that. You know what? That reminds me of a, a funny story. It wasn't because of a rain delay, but I remember watching uh, this clip of uh, John Cruck 
and he was talking about the Phillies dugout back in the nineties or something. And things obviously have changed a lot since, (laughs) you know, that time in baseball and what we have today. But he said he would go in after a game and you'd have like Lenny Dykstra and Darren Dalton and they'd be all like lifting weights and, 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 and doing all this extra activity. And he was there sitting there having a smoke, drinking a beer <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> and just saying like, I don't know what you guys are doing. I need my rest for tomorrow. He's going, <laughs> I'm going to sit here and drink a beer or two. Um, it, it's just funny. The, the different strategies that people have. I mean, that might be an extreme case. Oh, but it's, it's not that that still holds true. Not, not the smoking part in a clubhouse. That's not allowed, but well, sure. And, and even they have different regulations against drinking, I should say as well. But, but, but the point of it being is, is that each hitter or each, each not hitter, any, every player has their own, has their own things that to blow off steam, to get their mind right again. And all of those kind of factor in as well to the day-to-day grind of baseball. Um, and then just talking about then like with delays and weather, that's just another al- element that we probably don't think about as much, but to be honest, like that really can affect, like I can tell you what, if it's a perfect day outside, my mentality and mood feels better, right? Everyone feels better when you look outside and oh, it's nice to but then you're not thinking about anything else. But when it's, you know, maybe it's overcast or the sun's too bright and there's maybe a shadow on the field. How's my vision going to look? And all of those, that's another thought in your head that's not just, I'm going to go out and play baseball. So it, it's, it, it's, yeah, sorry, more like we're talking about, you're making me think about all these things about. That's okay. <laughs> about the game that maybe I forgot about or that maybe <laughs> gave me too much anxiety or stress when I played. <laughs> That's okay. We just we want a player's perspective too on how that weather yeah, impacts. Yeah, we don't get this. Uh, we've we've never had this opportunity before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about sports in the past, but it's mostly just from a weather perspective, and and we didn't have this insider view on what you guys are actually thinking about. Um, so it's nice to have that. Well, I'm, I'm glad to provide that. I'm glad to go through my my good times <laughs> and bad, and, I, and I've played in snow. I've, you know, opening days while it's been snowing, playing in 105 degree heat, uh, a double header, even in 105 degree heat. I still won't forget that Charleston, South Carolina, beautiful city. Love my experience. I there. lived there for 18 years. The river dogs. Yep. Yep. So played against the river dogs and man, I have never sweated more in yeah. my life. Then during that day of the doubleheader, it gets hot. Yeah, yeah, July and August, you don't want to be outside between the like you know ten o'clock and six o'clock. Oh, don't worry, we were outside <laughs> between one o'clock and ten o'clock. Yeah, so, bad. Um, and I think we lost both games. So really, just rough go in Charleston. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I could give on, on on type of those experiences, just because it all kind of factors in. And I know that I know we're talking about with fantasy, you know. Uh, play fantasy sports moving forward and, and that's really where as we can see in all professional sports they all have a a uh, gambling partner now you know it's MLB you know proud sponsored or sponsored by I forget if it's DraftKings or FanDuel the NFL the NBA like all of them like that is where that is where the game is going for fan engagement it's it's amazing how much that has changed just over the last couple of years because 
you know, I could think back maybe 10 years ago, um, you know, sports betting was not something that was condoned. It was frowned upon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, you'd have people out there, you know, going through bookies who were illegal and all that kind of stuff. Now now you can't go, you can't watch a show or a a game without seeing a commercial about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it blows my mind that I get the DraftKings commercial when I'm watching a football game or whatever it may be that, oh, well, this is okay now. Everything's fine. <laughs> so what was the big stigma back then versus now? Like, how, how did this come about? Do you have any insight on that, on, on how it all mm, of a sudden just... Here it is, the do-re-mi. There you go. And it is, though. It's, it's, it's money and trying to have more people engaged in the sport on, on all assets. You know? So I think the biggest one started with, with football. Fantasy football is one of the largest fantasy out, outlets or sports you can play. And I, I personally, I love fantasy football. I mean, I have, I have a league at home that I've done with my friends growing up. Uh, I've done some with my, my former teammates as well. And that is, you know, you're picking a player, you're drafting a team. So you're drafting players from teams that probably you never really watch. You know, I, I'm in, in, uh, in Baltimore, I'm, I'm a Ravens fan. But you, most people, if they, they might just like their own team, right? But if you play fantasy football, it's going to force you to then, if you draft the quarterback on the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, if you follow football, you'll know who he is. But if you don't really know as much and you draft him, I promise you during the fantasy football season, you're going to follow the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence and what's going on because he's on your team. So with other other. Uh, leagues, what they're trying to look at is well, how can we get more people engaged in our sport? And so with the betting world, that's a way to do it. You want to bet on a, you're, you're on the East coast, but the Seattle Mariners are playing the Houston Astros at 10 o'clock at night. And you want to have some action in the game. Cause you're up. Well, there you go. There you have it. It's just a way to uh, maximize profits because it's always a business and and to just get more of an audience involved in, in those sports. Yeah, I, I think you're 100% correct. Uh, think about NCAA basketball. How many people really follow that until the tournament? And then they oh, get yeah. their bracket together, or they might have several brackets, um, depending on how you think about that. Some people are a little, uh, oh, I only make one bracket. That's my bracket. You know, uh, I don't make more than that. But um but outside of the tournament, do I really watch a lot of college basketball? Yeah, not really. <laughs> right. But if you have a bracket going, now you're interested. Now you're seeing what your teams are doing. So I understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah, it's just once you have skin in the game, you know, what <laughs> bracket, making picks, people want to be more engaged. And that and that's just where it all falls and where the games come to. And now I think, I got to correct, but I think some of these – you know, with different sports, they're doing it by in football. It's every drive, you know, is who's going to get a catch this drive? Is there going to be an incompletion? And for baseball, is someone going to get a hit this inning? You know, X, Y, and Z, they're, they're making it live bets as the game goes on because they hope that it's going to reach out to certain people. So it's really fascinating for me. That's it can be overwhelming to say. And, and, and personally, for me, I know the most about baseball from playing, I do be, I, I don't, for, for all gambling betting purposes, I stay away from baseball. I give advice on it, but 
I stay away from it just because of rules and regulations. If I ever were to be involved in baseball in the future. Uh, but it's such a man, you know, my friends, you know, just from home, uh, they'll be asking me about this matchup, this, or what do you think's going on? Oh, wait, that is, are they going to play that game tonight? It looks kind of shaky. And then that's the other part, you know, the weather can change starting pitching rotations. The weather gets rained out or they change a pitcher. Like it, it can drastically change the, the flow and, and possibly the outcome of the game. So that's something we want to talk about too. How does the weather impact the fantasy sports world? Are there adjustments that if you're into whichever sport that you have to be thinking about and, and things you want to change or things you might want to adjust? Absolutely. I mean, that that's the thing for me, I will say, I always want to make sure I'm watching what's going on with the weather. And I'll give the example of fantasy football, because I think that's the largest one that people play. And that's the one where you're playing in different areas. So first off, when you're playing, you're looking at the team that they're playing is, is the team to the tough defensive team. Uh, what's that team's strengths. Right. But then you're looking at, well, what's the weather like? Oh, you're playing a game. The Miami dolphins are playing, but it's supposed to be pouring during that game. And they don't take rain delays. And say you have the kicker for the Miami Dolphins or the, the opposing team they're player playing. You want to think about, well, wait a minute. Like, that's just a torrential downpour. I don't know if I'm going to trust the guy to make his kicks. You know, and that and me, and is that going to also lowering the over and under of sports? We see it all the time of they set the game scores of the, the game total is going to be 47 points. And when you're seeing this weather, you're going, well, wait a minute. This I think it's going to be a it's going to be hard to get traction on the ground. Points are going to be hard to come by. So those are constantly things that go through people's mind. And that's the example for football. But you can take that across any outdoor sport specifically, um, and because that's where the weather is going to have its most impact. And and, and it absolutely uh, plays with it. And there are some people, uh, you know, especially that are like the the sharps. People say that are really looking at every element of the game, specifically what is being dictated by the weather. I, I've done that before in, in football too. And, and like, like a league I'm in without, uh, we actually do a weatherworks league in fantasy football, which is fun, but I'm in another league where, you know, just a bunch of my friends and I think I'm the meteorologist. So I'm going to outsmart my buddies <laughs> here and, and I'm going to do, I'm going to play this guy instead of this guy. And it's worked before, but I've also been burned on it too before thinking right, I'm the, I'm the weather guru here. So I'm, I'm going to use it to my advantage, but it's burned me before too. I mean, you think, Oh, I'm not going to play this guy because the weather looks like crap here, but end up, you know, it ended up throwing four touchdowns anyway, despite the wind and the 20 degree, uh, you know, temperature. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. Well, and that, that's the other thing too. It, and it's always like we're talking about with everything can be a game within a game. And psychologically a lot of, you can psych yourself out by hearing about the weather too. You know, that's the other, you get scared away because other people are making a huge deal about it of, Oh wait, it's going to be freezing up there. I think I saw, if I'm remembering this in the just because baseball just starting right, so football is the the most recent outdoor sport that had all this. I think Buffalo was playing the Dolphins. They're going, oh, it was that snowy night. Yeah, there was supposed to be yeah. snow and stuff. The lake effect was supposed to get the lake you know. effect. It's going to be hard to come by, and it was a shootout. It was you know 32 to 29 or whatnot, and the and the people were saying, well, the Dolphins to be hard to throw the ball, and there was a lot of big right. play after big play. I remember play. that game. It was late in the year. It was like in December, but right before the playoffs or something. Exactly. So that's where people can get caught up with 
getting psyched out by the weather. But again, what here it is, weather impacting because it's making people think about what they need to do or not do. And so it's just that part to me is always fun and fascinating. It's it's extremely rewarding if you guess right <laughs> or or that you predict right. And uh, you you really feel like, uh, you know, hiding under, if, especially if you're p- playing in a competitive league or you have a, a you know, you put money down. Yeah. You, you want to just get into uh, the fetal position and lie down for a little bit. <laughs> if, if you benched a guy or you made a decision and, and that ended up being the wrong one. So, Ryan, uh, are there are there guys out there that actually will look at the individual player almost like you would horse racing you know this horse is a mutter or, or he's never lost on a wet track and and then you end up are there guys that are thinking about that and being, oh well i know he still throws well in in a in a rain a rainy game or something like that oh uh, for sure i mean i think that everyone there's certain guys that you know, we even talk about football. People think that teams that play in warmer climates and they'll put up all the numbers on on the TV. Well, this team, so and so, will use the Dolphins again. Oh, and, and when the temperature drops below fifty degrees, here are the stats. You know, so those are being thrown out constantly and again. But that makes you think of well, is that really the case? Is this is it coincidence? Is it not? But it, it all goes into play, and people will look at some back history with certain players. And if guys have proven that they play well in, in weather games, it's going to give them more confidence to not want to change anything or even put more of a risk, you know, on that specific player or team. You know, it, it really is fascinating how that all works. I, I really can't believe that people go to those links uh, <laughs> to make sure their picks are correct. But I also understand because you got some money down on it and you want to make sure you're doing the right thing. Well, here's the thing you just said about you want to get your picks correct, but we just talked about in, in your field, you want to be as accurate as possible, but you're not going to be. Just the reality. I hate to break it to you guys again, but we're, <laughs> we're all we're all human. Oh, the, you're, <laughs> I can't believe it. You mean we're wrong sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure no one ever lets you know when you're wrong. Oh, no. God, no, never. no, no. They never let us know about that at all. They just cheer. They just cheer you when you're right. They don't bother when you're wrong. Right. Yeah, we. That's that. Yeah, the opposite is true. Obviously, when we're correct, you don't hear peeps. But when things go wrong, and that's that's when you hear the most chatter. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, but so that's the thing with as far as even when we try to when you try to make predictions, you make picks, you you draft players, whatever it may be in fantasy sports. Just the human element, the reality is you are going to miss picks, even when you think it's a surefire thing. And you can even go back to that's the power of sports. How many people in the NCAA bracket had Purdue getting upset by Fairley Dickinson? Yeah. Did you guys? <laughs> no. Who would have thought uh, Florida Atlantic and uh, San Diego State, one of those two, are going to be playing for the national championship? Nobody, right? <laughs> Nobody. So and so that and that is the uh, the the unknown of sports, the unknown elements of sports, where you can never take that for granted. The numbers can tell you all of these different metrics. The weather can tell you all this different these metrics and give you a certain analysis. But the other part is. You're just, it's, there's some reasons you can't explain. It just, it's not going to work out. That's why I feel like 
with college football, I, I really want to see that playoff expanded more than four teams. And I think that is it's happening. Up, yeah, it's, that's yeah. happening. Correct. Are they going years, to I eight? Think, yeah. Is that right? I think so. Yep. Yeah. At any given day, some team can get hot and just keep going. I mean, just look at the Philadelphia Phillies last year. They kind of just got into the playoffs and then all of a sudden they got hot and they just kept winning and winning and winning and made it all the way to the World Series and just came up short. So if you get a team, I I love that aspect of sports where you can have an underdog like that. All of a sudden you're rooting for these guys all the way through because nobody expected them to get as far as they did. Oh, oh, for sure. And it's, and and that, and that's the awesome nature of it. It's really the the saying in sports in general is, you know, you're trying to play your best at the right time, you know, and, and it it holds so true. You know, I've been on teams where personally we might've been the best team, but we weren't playing our best ball at that moment when we needed to. And I, and it's even goes back, you know, when I was playing baseball in high school, my senior year, my my best team I was a part of, we didn't win the championship because we really, you know, we weren't playing our best ball at the end of the season. And that was the reality of it. And another team that ended up winning it was. And then the year, couple of years before, we played really well when we won the championship. But were we overall the best team? No, but we were playing the best baseball at that particular moment. Rings true with every sport. Yeah, uh, and, and but baseball too. I mean, think about it. I mean, there's so many games, and even the team that's going to win the division is going to lose 60 times. They're going to have 102 wins, but they're going to lose 60 times. I mean, when think about it, I mean, they're going to lose 60 times. The Yankees, I'm a Yankees fan. And if they win the division, they're still going to lose 60 games this year. I mean, uh, it's just it's and, and actually a funny thing that a, a guy at Weatherworks just talking to yesterday, Ken. He's a big sports fan, he's a Mets fan, and. He, he said something cool to me because we were talking about, you know, doing the podcast today. He's like, when you think about it, every baseball team in the majors, other than maybe one or two every year, wins 60 games and they lose 60 games. It's the other 60 that kind of make up the rest of the, of the season or 40, I guess, really. It, it, or 60, it's true. Yeah. It, absolutely. You know, they tell people, I know this for starting pitchers, for instance. Say you're a starting pitcher and you're getting 30 starts. You might feel really good. For five to ten, you might feel okay for another five to ten, and then those last ten to twenty starts are you might feel absolutely terrible. But how do you get through it? What are you going to do to make sure? And that can be a difference between a pitcher having overall good numbers on the year in statistics and a pitcher that might might have had those numbers and go well. You know, he had a rough year. And the same thing can happen in baseball. You can have some really good months or sorry, hitting wise, you can have some really good months and, and some really bad ones. I know guys, and we'll stick with the weather concept. I know guys too, that really aren't good starters to season, whether it's psychologically or weather wise, they just can't get comfortable when they get to where they're going and they heat up then as, as the weather heats up and they move towards the summer, you know? So it's, that that's the nature of the beast, but again, it's another thing to kind of uh, to kind of look into. So, since we're pivoting back to weather, are there any real memorable weather events that you can think of that really impacted fantasy sports that you were just like, man, we 
this is a, we should have really paid attention to this uh, at the time. Well, you know, th- this was a game a couple of years ago watching it on TV. And it was between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. And of course, it's in Buffalo, right? And initially, the lines for the game were all high and the spreads were different. And then all of a sudden, a report came out for the weather of, oh, a heavy wind's going to be tough to, to navigate. And then the over and under went from like 47 down to 30, like the 31, 32, yeah. whatever wow. it was. And wow. you're going smoke holy smokes like that's extremely low and then people are like oh some people are going man that's too low that's too low of a number and i could be wrong with the the 32 number because i can't remember exactly but it went to a point where it was so low for a game total that you thought is that like there's is that too low that feels too too low but then what happened in the game is that the the wind affected throwing the football so much that the New England Patriots threw the ball three times the entire game. You got to run it, yeah. And that was two, and that was uh, whatever two years ago. And you're sitting there going, "Man!" And the final score was, I got to, I got to look it up, but it did not reach that threshold of 32. And again, if that was something, if you were in Buffalo and you saw it, have seen the conditions, they were really brutal to play with, and that directly impacted a game. If you guessed right on that and put some money down. You, you felt like the smartest guy in the room, you know? Um, but that, but then, and then the reason why though, that, that, that was an advantage towards the Patriots, the Patriots were going to, Hey, we're not going to beat ourselves. We're going to play tough defense. And then when they played in a more normal, regularized weather game in new England, a few weeks later, Buffalo destroyed them. Buffalo was the better team and Buffalo still was the better team, but the weather in that game really changed the playing field and it was and it was, that was one of the moments I'm like wow like I thought I'm like Buffalo is going to blow them out of the water and they blew them out in New England and they played them again in the playoffs and blew them out on normal conditions so um the weather can be the biggest handicap for for certain teams I, I thought you were going to go the other way with that story in the beginning where the spread went or the uh the over under went really low and then it ended up not even being that windy and then they scored like you know 55 points or something like that and then i was going to say then i was going to say there must have been a meteorologist out there that had some money on the game said hey watch this guys i'm going to say there's a lot of heavy winds and then they're going to lower it and i'm going to bet the over well there was that curb your enthusiasm episode remember uh um i don't know if you guys watched that show but um uh, what's his name uh Oh yeah, yeah. What was this? Larry name? David. Yeah. Larry David. Larry David. He, yeah. he yeah. accused a meteorologist on TV every every Friday of saying <laughs> yeah, it's going to rain all day Saturday. It's going to rain all day Sunday. It's because he thought he wanted to have the golf course to himself, and he's like, "Hey, it's sunny. You said it was going to rain, but hey, I'm wrong sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, you did you, that on purpose man. so you can have the golf course to yourself." <laughs> hey, you know, I would love for for you meteorologists to be wrong when you guys predict it's going to be 10 degrees outside yeah. with a huge wind chill. We had that around Christmas Eve here in Baltimore, and yeah, and I was going to the game. I go, man, you know, is, is that actually accurate? And I actually just came from from a family vacation in Florida, and mm. I go, that can't, that just, this isn't right. And I got out there. I'm like, you know what? This is what I want you guys to be wrong. <laughs> this this yeah, that was one of our few Arctic blasts this uh, this past winter. Yeah, yeah, too many of those. Yeah, so it, it's but but. You know, and baseball will be curious to see. This is something now 
I, you know, it's hard for me to kind of pin back or pinpoint a specific, you know, memory with baseball, just because, you know, like I said, I've played in my own games in the minors and playing in the snow and uh, playing with, with lower degrees. But again, there's no really, you're not, you're not having any fantasy or people has no skin in the game on those in the majors. It's going to be interesting, especially as the season goes on where you're playing, you know, especially typically the places where it takes a little bit longer to warm up. Um, but now maybe that's that I'm going to be thinking about that more often when I'm seeing teams go to different places where the weather really could, it could affect them. And, and you'll see, I mean, that, that the other thing that, that the sports books hate, they hate being wrong. They want to try to be as accurate as possible, just like everyone else to make it harder. And they get extremely frustrated when they can't figure out how the weather is going to, going to impact a, a whatever game or sport that's involved. Yeah, I'm sure that went uh, incredibly wrong. I'm thinking back to a an Eagles game. Um, I remember a yeah. long time ago where I think there was only supposed to be a coating to an inch we were, of snow. We were, and speaking like of Charleston, that. we were watching that game at the golf course in Charleston, and I was like, "Oh my God, look at the snow up in yeah. up in the Eagles game." You were working at the time, right, Mike? No, I was actually off. It was my weekend, oh. um, so <laughs> I was happy about that. But anyway. Um, but I remember that particular game and then they ended up getting like six to eight inches yeah, of snow like, and it came down so hard. There was literally like, you know, the six inches on the field and that had to destroy the, uh, over under that game. I remember the announcers sure. even say it was only supposed to get a couple of flurries. What the <laughs> heck is going on out there? I mean, you couldn't even see the field. It was snowing so hard. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, is you get it wrong. And, and if for, for in in the books because they try to update everything live and and still even with now the fantasy when you're drafting the players that's that that's just your team you have they're not unless you're doing they have the daily contest where you can try to draft a lineup for a day put a little bit of money down and you're facing off against you know however many people are in that same kind of group that you're doing but but mainly you know the that's not really affecting but the sports books you can drastically see if if the sports books, they see something that's going to, you know, extremely change the game and whether it is the big part that's going to change the game, they try to take that game offline to fix it as quick as possible, you know, and, and, and it's crazy, you know, I, I've, I've seen people with text going, Oh, Hey, uh, Oh, weather's changing. It looks like it's going to be a really low score. And then when people, I have my buddies all blown up the, the group chat, being like, well, no, I, I can't put anything down. They changed it. They or it's offline. It's offline. And they readjust it. Um, nah. the house Vegas, they don't, they don't like to lose money. They want to try to be as right. They want to be more right than you guys. Yeah. So, um, have figures, they change it like that and, and, uh, can't have the little guy win a little bit. You know what I mean? No, no, you can't. It's, it, it's, uh, we're, we're never, we're, we're supposed to lose as much as possible. Oh, that is, that is true. I, I don't think there's many times I went to a casino and came back with the, up on my on the money I brought put it that way um but uh, Ryan I wanted to change it uh, the subject just a little bit um so personally I like uh, collecting baseball cards football cards things like that and I know you mentioned about your your family was always in baseball and I got to ask you maybe <laughs> you have a story maybe you I don't this. <laughs> um about a specific card uh, of <clears throat> Billy Ripken um, I think it was back in the late eighties or something like that. And there was 
something specific on the bottom of his uh, bat in the photo on the card. <laughs> Uh, I can't say what it said on the bottom, but it sure, started with an can. F and it ended with a face. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Funny face? <laughs> yeah, funny face. Let's just go with that. So have you ever heard the stories about that? Was that just like a big gag that, that he ended up doing there? Or what, what was behind that? So, well, first off, my, my Uncle Bill is a character. Uh, but he is he is authentic what you see on him with mlb network is how he is on his day-to-day you know and that and that's you know it's one of the the compliments i think you can give a person is if you can see them on camera and off same person all the time nice and um but for that specifically if i if i remember correctly he would have it at the bottom initially for when a catcher had to pick up the bat and move it it was mainly to be for the catcher to be like, to, <laughs> I got to it. Say something to the catcher. Uh, it, and, and all of a sudden then with the, with the baseball card, I think he picked it up and, and really didn't, you know, thought maybe it would be something would be said and it never was. And wow. not, and the, the thing, it never got picked up. And wow. All this, and he'll even to this day, he'll play it off and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's, I, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I just, I was picking up a bat. And he leaves it to that, but he liked to play, he liked to play games. He liked to be, he liked to keep the game light. Yeah. And even in that case, even though some of the wording might've been a little bit aggressive, depending <laughs> on who you ask, uh, he was all in good fun and trying to, trying to make it a, uh, especially in a sport where we talked about you're failing so much, you're trying to have a little bit more fun. But now it's just right. hilarious. That card, that honestly, with my, my whole family, with, with, with growing up as a Ripken, that is one of the most asked about uh, a thing. Of, we of we can tell our family. audience to Google it, right? Right. Yeah. yeah it'll be like, absolutely. Oh, F-face debacle. It, it's honestly, sometimes it'd be like, hey, I met your dad. You're a nice guy. It goes, oh, your Uncle Billy. You're like, oh, I have that card. Oh, that card's incredible. It's like one of the first things that people will say. Uh, and, and for me, I, I love it. It's iconic. I'm sorry for the language for, for some that it offends, but, yeah. um, but man, I, it's, uh, it's a, it's a classic for me. It's, it's, it's amazing that that card is actually worth a lot more money than the normal card because of that error. And I guess, uh, I think it was tops must've just, uh, missed that uh, when it went through the editing process and and eventually they eventually they caught it so they tried to redistribute but there were still cards out there that had the uncensored version and that's the one that made that card sought after basically exactly people love authenticity right well yeah that's the authentic version of the card right there <laughs> That's great, uh, man. So, all right, Ryan. Well, I want to talk about that, but let's talk a little bit about your podcast that you developed. It's called Off the Script with Rip. Um, what's it all about? Give us the rundown. Yeah. So, you know, I, for the longest time, you know, I, and I'm doing things now in the sports world and sports media. So I do, uh, I do some pregame stuff with the Orioles right now. I cover baseball in general. You know, when it's different seasons, I've covered fantasy sports. And so I'm going to continue to do those, you know, those types of um, 
you know, work in those industries. But for the longest time, I always appreciated getting to hear a little bit more about people's journeys and stories. And I had, you know, it started with talking with one of my good friends and, and, uh, you know, as a former athlete, and we were just talking about things about the transitions in life and, and the ins and outs of even the industry that he was involved in. But then a, a lot of what we were talking about, I go, man, like, you know, you're a football player and maybe people don't love football, but what you're saying is real, is real. It's, it's something that people go through on a day to day. So my goal with the podcast was to bring on guests from various industries and be able to talk about their journey and not in the sense of where I'm going to script out everything in particular. And that's why the, the terms off script, I'll have some ideas to talk about, but I want people to explain their path and journey. We'll go into conversation and, and I promise when you listen to the words, the other one, I've I had one of my friends, he's a current White Sox, Gavin Sheets uh, on the Chicago White Sox. Gavin might be talking about hitting, but when you talk about how he's trying to handle himself, you'll, you'll realize, well, he's not actually talking about hitting. It's the same thing with any topics, you know, with broadcasters, athletes, entertainers, they all took a different path and a journey. But if you listen to the words you can really resonate it with. So that was the idea and concept behind it. And um, so now it's been out now for the past month. And uh, I look forward to continuing to expand uh, the podcast and hopefully, and above all too, they're great stories. So um, there, there are some good stories that I think people would like to hear if, if for some reason the words don't uh, resonate as much with people. Sure. And there's, can they find, can people find the podcast pretty much anywhere? Apple, yeah, know, anywhere, Google, anywhere that it's, that it's a, that you like to watch it on Apple, Spotify, uh, Amazon, you name it, YouTube. I put the full episode up on YouTube constantly on my page, just Ryan Ripken official, I think. So yeah, check it out. And, and if anyone has any thoughts, uh, also on my social pages, it's just Ryan Ripken, just my name. Uh, I love to interact and, and, and talk to people. So uh, stop by and, and, and would love to hear uh, people's thoughts. Well, Ryan, I really do appreciate you being on the weather lounge. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can, uh, we can have him on again. We'll continue the conversation because there's a, uh, there's some more stuff we can probably get into. I'm sure. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, we, you have my contact now for better or worse. I guess we'll find out, but maybe, maybe we'll uh, revisit at the end of the baseball season or something like that. Oh yeah, the, 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 football, yeah. <laughs> exactly. The best, uh, the the best weather games because I yeah, guarantee yeah, you yeah. they're coming. <laughs> they're coming. 161 more games to go. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Ryan. Well, that's probably going to be the end here of our uh, podcast episode. So again, I want to thank you for coming on the program. It's been real great, and hope to have you on again. Thank you, guys. You have a great rest of your day, and hope Thanks, we Ryan. talk soon. So that is it for our podcast here on the Weather Lounge. Thanks for listening to the show. Remember, we'll have a new podcast every two weeks. So feel free to visit back on your um, your podcasting app and, and we'll have a lot of great information for you. Remember, we are WeatherWorks. You can find us at weatherworksinc.com and on all kinds of social media platforms. So thanks again for listening, everybody.